0: Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or
1: tax questions. Want to know why the money in your pocket today is worth more than the money in your 401k tomorrow? Well, the answer might surprise you. Welcome to the Worry-Free Retirement with best-selling author and fiduciary, Tony Walker. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it, you don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do them that have it. Get more of it, the less they need it, the more they love it, and it sticks to them like glue. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. What if I told you that money in your pocket today was possibly the most valuable asset you owned? More valuable than the hundreds of thousands of dollars, possibly in your 401k, more valuable than the money languishing over the bank or even more valuable than the annuity you just purchased. And yes, we could even say more valuable than the stock you own, which recently might've skyrocketed as a result of our economy making a comeback as we record this show on March 24th, 2021. So why and how could that dollar in your pocket be so much more valuable than the money you have saved for the future? Because as we'll find out today, none of this is real. Well, welcome, folks, to the Worry Free Retirement. And yes, I am that little man in the sweater vest, real person producing specialist and fiduciary, Tony Walker. And before we get started, let me introduce another very real person sitting in our studio today, America's favorite financial sidekick. Mr. Aaron Orander. Good morning, Aaron.
0: Hey, good morning, sir. How are you?
1: I am doing very well, doing very well. We got uh, our technical assistant, Derek, busily working on the TV show graphics, which we'll do following this show. Uh, For those of you who've not uh, really checked us out before, or maybe this is the first time you've stumbled across the radio show. Don't forget, we do a TV show every week called The Worry-Free Retirement, and uh, you can check that out on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com. And it's Tony Walker Financial, correct, Aaron? That's correct, Tony Walker Financial. Okay, good deal. All right, so there you sit. You've got that outlandish statement that, assuming you had money in the stock market, has gone through the roof as a result of this pandemic, but the stock market climbing back. And you're really sitting there looking at that statement. And the question really is, is that number... You see, right now on your 401k statement, whatever it is 150, 200, 500, a million, whatever is that money real? Now, at first glance, you're probably going to say, Well, of course it's real, Tony. I'm sitting here staring right at it. But what we're going to find out today is that the real value of something is never, ever really determined until that value of that dollar is put in your pocket. And here's the key point, Aaron actually spent. Now, I got to ask you, Aaron, we talked about this in our marketing meeting yesterday, and you said, I got something I'd like to share on that note. So has there ever been anything of value in your mind? You had this amount of money pegged, and you found out it wasn't worth as much as you thought.
0: Yes, absolutely. So when I was younger, I used to collect comic books. You talked about one of your sons used to collect baseball cards. I used to collect comic books, and the big thing with comic books was you tried to get comic books that were either the number one edition, you know, Spider-Man number one, or Fantastic Four number one, or whatever, which those were hard to come by, or you tried to get comic books that had milestones in them, like the first appearance of, you know, whoever. Well, back in the early 90s, uh DC Comics decided to... Kill off Superman. Look,
1: up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman.
0: It was the first time they'd ever done this. You know, Superman, he's the number one (laughs) comic book character in the world, and they decided to kill him off. They had a whole story written for it. But anyway, they came out with a special collector's edition comic book, and it was... Wrapped. It was sealed. It had a, it had all these special things that came with it. And my dad, God love him. He, uh, went out one day. It was on a Tuesday. I remember he went out and purchased it for me because I was at school. So he purchased one for me to keep sealed to not open so that it would hopefully go up in value over the years. And then he bought me another one that I could actually sit and read the comic. Well, fast forward a few decades, you know, a couple years ago and I find these comic books. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to take these to a comic book shop, a comic book dealer and just kind of see if I've got anything worth anything. And in there was that death of Superman. (laughs) So I take it in and the guy's like, all right, give me about an hour or so to kind of look through these. And I'll I'll let you know what you've got and, you know, whatever. So I go get lunch. I come back an hour later and he tells me, well, you've got this and it's worth this much and you've got that and it's this and this. And he gets to the death of the Superman, and I'm thinking, man, this thing's going to be a gold mine. And he said, well, this is worth about 80, 85 bucks right now, which is not, you know, it's not a bad chunk of change, but I thought it was going to be worth a lot more. Well, then the dealer went on to tell me, well what happened was they really messed up on this and they overprinted a ton of copies because they knew it was going to sell really great so they were looking at kind of the short-term sale Uh and not the long-term like oh this will be worth so they printed way too many copies of it so there's still a ton of copies out there
1: that is a really good lead-in to speaking of printing tons of copies as we do record this show the government's printing money like crazy And that's probably a good analogy, Aaron, because the more you print or throw out of something, that increases the supply, the less the demand, and the less it's worth. So same things kind of happen, and that bleeds in very well to what we're talking about today, folks. That the money in your pocket, kind of like that DC comic book, thinking you're going to get a lot of money for it in the future, may or may not hold up to what you're thinking. So before we get into the meat of the show, I want to talk about something we like to call here called headwinds. You've heard me talk about these financial headwinds, Aaron. Yep. So to understand where we're going with this, none of this is real theme, we've got to talk about, and actually I came up with six, we used to just use four, but as I get further and further into retirement planning, and I've done this for so long, there's a lot of headwinds out there and it's kind of like sailing a ship, Aaron, I don't know much about sailing, but you know, you put the wind sails up and all that, you got to know where the wind's blowing, right? That's right. You got to know the direction. If the wind is blowing against you, what little I know about sailing, I would think it'd be kind of hard to sail into the wind. And the problem is you don't see the wind, but you know it's there because you can feel the forces of it against you, you know, whatever it is. The planes, the planes have the same problem when they fly out west. They're flying into headwinds, right? You can't see them, but they're there. Well, here are the six financial headwinds, the main ones that are there, folks, but you don't see. In other words, these are very real which makes the money that you think you've got in these other accounts out there less real. Okay, I'm going to name them. Here they are. The first one, and most people, we're going to talk about this in some details today because the new administration is possibly going to throw a whopper on the economy with all these tax increases. But the first headwind is taxes. The second headwind on your money that creates uh, problems and losses and makes this money less real is fees. The next headwind, insurance premiums. The next headwind would be interest, like interest you owe on a debt or credit card, et cetera. That's a headwind. Here's one we just talked about, the printing of more money by our government. It's called inflation. So as they print more and more money, that means the money in your pocket or in your 401k is actually over time worth less and less. Now here's the one most people don't think about, Aaron, and that is the headwind of needing less money. See, what happens is the financial world has convinced savers, people retiring, that as you get older, and this sounds logical on the surface, you'll need more and more money. And let me just tell you folks, now again, unless you went into a nursing home, but as you get older, most people don't need more money. Case in point. Now again, folks, I'm not a radio show host, full-time or a financial entertainer. All I do day in and day out is meet with lots of people. So I'm actually in the trenches doing this stuff. So Aaron, yesterday to prove my point, Nice elderly gentleman came in. I think he was around 80. He had just lost his spouse last year. So I could tell kind of grieving. He brought his daughter-in-law in and she was gonna kind of help. She's helping him sort out things. He really doesn't know what he's got. And he commented, he said, Tony, I don't understand why my savings keeps growing. And I said, well, what, where's your income sources? He said, well, I'm not even sure what they are. So he, his daughter-in-law got open into the computer, got in his bank statement. I was looking and I could see where social security and a couple pensions were being deposited, right? He didn't even know what they were, how much, he didn't care. His wife had handled all the finances. And so with what she left him through her IRA and this money coming in, I said, sir, here's the problem and it's a good problem to have. The money coming in is more than you even need. You're not spending this much money. And he says, is that what it is? I said, yeah, that's what it is. And he said, well, I don't need anything. I said, that's the whole point. So his he's holding on to all this money. This savings is growing like crazy. And I left the appointment, not invest, telling him to invest more money or whatever. He's a saver, he doesn't wanna risk any money. I just said, why don't you start giving some of this away? Now, this sounds well and good, folks, and right now under current law, you can give $15,000 per year every year to anybody you want. So that's a lot of people that you give away money to them where they'd have to pay no taxes on it. But when we return, We're gonna find out that the new administration is proposing some tax issues that could really wreak havoc, not only on the wealthy people, but on you as well. Good stuff coming your way, you stay tuned. I'm Tony Walker, you're listening to the Worry-Free Retirement. Wondering how much money you'll need to retire? probably a lot less than you think. I'm retirement specialist, Tony Walker. And for the past 36 years, I've helped thousands of savers determine when to retire and how much money they'll need in retirement. And I can help you too. So if you're retired or thinking of retiring soon, maybe you know of somebody who doesn't know if they can retire. Let me invite you to log on right now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. We look forward to talking with you soon.
0: And now it's time for Tony in the Trenches.
1: Our Tony in the Trenches question comes from a uh, gentleman we'll just say up in the Louisville area. He uh, basically asked this, Tony, with the $1.9 trillion um, amount of money that the government just bought again and infused into the economy, my first question is, how in the world can the stock market keep going up? And number two, what is this going to do to the long-term ramifications of my dollar. And this is a really good question. If you're just now joining us, we're talking about financial headwinds. Aaron used a great example earlier of his comic book he purchased, thinking it was worth a lot more. And the problem or reason it wasn't worth more is he found out later that uh, the comic book publisher published a ton of them. So there was a bunch of them out there floating around, which made his comic book worth less than he thought it should be worth. So the same thing is happening, folks. The reason the market is going up right now is because there is so much money going into the economy. But you've got to ask yourself, this is not real money. It is borrowed money. Uh, 1.9 trillion, Aaron, uh, is money that's just printed out of thin air. It really is, and the government borrows it, and then they have people that buy government bonds and things like that. But at some point, we're, we're looking at close to now $30 trillion in debt, at some point, The question has to be, number one, can we ever pay it back? Or are we gonna go to some kind of global currency and we'll all just sing Kumbaya with all of our neighbors throughout the world? (laughs) Or is there some place the government possibly might go to get money to pay it back? And yes, the answer is taxes. Okay, makes sense, doesn't it? Right. So if you and Jessica are spending way too much money, or let's say you just racked up credit card debt galore, and you come to home to Jessica and say, Jessica, we can't pay this back. We don't have enough money somebody's going to have to probably go out and get a job and create more income, right? That's really your only option, or you file bankruptcy. But let's say you want to create more income. Well, the government can only create so much income. They're not really there to create income. They might stimulate the economy, but that's a short-term fix, kind of like what you were saying. Kind of like the comic books. Comic books. It's a short-term fix.
0: They sold a ton of them.
1: There you go. That That really was a great analogy for what we're talking about. So now we're sitting here and we're saying, okay, Tony, the market isn't going to stay up forever. The the low interest rates, in my opinion, are driving it. What is the government thinking about doing? Well, I'm holding in my hot little hands here, Aaron. Now, again, this is not law, folks, but these are actual proposals I'm going to read to you in terms of taxation that the government is thinking about laying on the American people. And the last one I'm going to share with you is really a humdinger. So let's just start here printed this off the internet, just this is again, these are not law yet. But if these things go into effect, the headlines basically say that this Biden tax hike is the biggest since 1993. So this could be a whopper. The first thing they're thinking about doing is reducing the federal estate tax. So right now, uh, you could between you and your spouse, I think it's maybe even each person. I don't know. It's a huge number. When I first started in this business in the 80s, and we did estate planning, you could only pass a total of $1.2 million, uh, $600,000 per spouse before you got into estate taxes. Now it's up to 11.7. Now folks, most of you, I know who you are. You're not up to 11.7. You don't have to worry about it. But then they're looking at going down to 3.5 million. So that could cover a lot of people. In other words, if you're worth more than 3.5 million, you'd have to pay, or your heirs would have to pay estate taxes when you die. And, uh, those rates could get up as high as 77%. It's a lot of money, isn't it? Aaron? That's a lot of money. And most people don't have the kind of cash to pay that. So where the real problem with that lies, Aaron, let's say, uh, Joe Robbie Stadium down in Miami, this happened. You got a stadium worth $200 million. They die and they leave it to their heirs. And the government says, well, we want a hundred million cash now. Well, we don't have a hundred million. We better sell the stadium, and get it. So farmers, landowners, a lot of people that don't have a lot of liquidity, you better pay attention to this because most of you, and your families probably don't have the money to pay it, and therefore if this kind of stuff happens and you fall into this, they may be forced to sell property just to pay Uncle Sam. Number two, uh, let's skip that one. There's several of these that aren't gonna affect our clients. Oh, this is a huge one. Number four, eliminating the step up in tax basis at the time of death. Now what in the world does that have to do with anything? A couple of weeks ago, remember, Aaron? We talked about the price of Apple stock. Remember, if we. Yes. I think it was eighty. If you, you had remember it back there, in eighty-eight
0: or eighty-nine or something yeah. like that, if you bought it for a thousand, yeah, like it's going to be whatever it was. It's worth like two hundred thousand now is crazy. or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Let's just use an example. Let's say years and years ago, you bought Apple stock for a thousand bucks. That's called your cost basis. Now we're talking about after tax money, not in a four hundred one k. So after tax, you had a thousand dollars languishing in the bank, and you said, I'll buy this Apple stock. And let's say today it's worth $400,000. So that's a gain of $399,000. And if you sell that stock, you have to pay capital gains. That means you're going to have to pay at least 20% taxes. So in that example, roughly, you'd have to pay about $80,000 in taxes. Now, keep in mind, they're wanting to increase that rate, too. That's another one of the provisions. So you may want to sell that stock now. Just, Just a thought before they raise the capital gains. But here's the real kicker. Under current law... Let's say, Aaron, I own that stock. When I pass away, let's say I leave the stock to Susan, my wife. You with me? Okay. She inherits it. The beauty of what's called a step-up in basis at death, if she takes that $400,000 and then sells the stock, because I left it to her at death, she pays no taxes. That's nice. And that's nice. It saves her 80000 whatever. Same way with the family. Land. A lot of you out there that own a lot of land, buildings, this is the same thing. You get a step-up in basis. But if they take that away at your death the government is gonna come in and tax that money at capital gains rates, whatever those are, for your heirs. Boy, here's a biggie, because I do enjoy doing this for my family, but another biggie they're gonna try to possibly limit is how much you can gift each year to your kids or grandkids or whatever you wanna do. So currently, Aaron, uh, I'm not this generous, but I could even include you and Jessica. So right now, if I said, tell you what, Aaron, I've had a windfall of money, I'm gonna give you 15,000 this year, Jessica's fifteen thousand would give them a kids fifteen thousand. Uh, there's three kids. That's you two. That's seventy five thousand dollars I could give, and you all wouldn't have to pay any taxes. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? That'd be nice.
0: And thank you for saying that on a uh, on yeah. air, and we've got it recorded. I and, did uh, qualify thank you. that, didn't that I, That is Derek. legally binding. So, uh.
1: <laughs> but they're wanting to limit that to a total of fifty thousand total. Okay. So there's a lot of. I, I recommend. I had someone gift over two hundred thousand dollars last year. They filed a gift tax return, and that their child had to pay zero in taxes. Now, if they do this, they're trying to limit what you can give away tax-free because they want to get after. Well, sure, they want part of it. That's right. Um, well, that's, let's see. That's not, that one's not going to affect most people. Oh, here's. Yeah, I think this is. People say, "Oh, they couldn't do this, could they?" Let me let me take you back in time. In 19 mid 1980s, late 1980s. I did a lot of estate planning, and back then, Aaron, again, I would go out and try to find people that were worth more than $600,000 because that's where the estate taxes started per spouse. So I can remember I met a couple of doctors, and some of you in the medical profession will remember the days when there was a lot of individual doctors around. They weren't in these huge clinics and hospitals. Do you remember those days where you'd have a doctor's office? You might be a little too young. Okay. Lots of them back then. Even a lot of surgeons, They they weren't in with clinics and hospitals. They had their own office. They had nurses. And these fellows made a lot of money. And what they would do to shelter a lot of that money, they would put them in individual pension plans. And these pension plans would get really, really high in assets, non-taxable till you take it out. But what the government started doing was if those pensions hit a certain limit, they'd go on and tax it now. So listen to this, folks. Number 12 of the proposed rules, the government is proposing, and this is not in law if you're just now joining us, so don't freak out. I'm just saying, this is the kind of stuff you gotta think about is thinking about limiting the size to which IRA or retirement accounts may grow and or assessing penalties to accounts which exceed such limits. That sounds like the 80s, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So what they're saying, folks, I don't know if there's a magic number. What they're saying is, okay, John Doe, you've worked hard, and if you're sitting there not even retired but you hit a million dollars, let's say that's the threshold. It goes to a million one, and let's say, I don't know, they're charging 30% in taxes. They could go get the, even though you're not using it, tax the $100,000 in excess of the million. Let's say that's the magic number. So folks, if you don't think this is the real deal, these tax issues that are coming up, you need to get a game plan. Now, you can't just sit around and hope this stuff disappears overnight. What we do at Tony Walker Financial, we look at your situation. We're not tax preparers, by the way. We are tax planners, and our job is to see what you've got and see if we can maximize your money now because what's going to happen here, if you just keep putting off spending and using this money, there's a good chance a lot of it really is not real. It's going to vanish into thin air, whether it's inflation, taxes, fees. Oh, speaking of fees, let me take a quick break. When I come back, this is probably one of the most interesting Tony in the Trenches question, and it has to do with annuities, and listen closely, why many on Wall Street don't really like these products. Good stuff coming your way. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. One of the things we're known for here at Tony Walker Financial is our proprietary 401k rollover concept called the Worry-Free Split IRA. And here's how it works. Unlike most money managers and wealth managers who tend to work with investors and speculators, their job is to try as best they can to grow your money with little concern for costs, fees, and risk. On the other hand, our split IRA concept recognizes the fact that savers do not wish to put all of their money at risk, but maintain a balance between enjoying the possibility of some stock market gains, but also without the fear of running out of money in the future. In order to accomplish this, our split IRA works as follows. Let's start with the first bucket. We refer to this as the immediate income and liquidity bucket through our current custodian, Charles Schwab. In this bucket may be all or some of your 401k plan, depending on your level of risk. After we determine how much of your 401k or IRA we wish to keep liquid, We then will analyze your level of risk and select one of our five personally managed investment portfolios for you. Of course, should you decide to change investments to another portfolio over time, we will be happy to do so, and usually at no additional cost to you. Then we turn to the protection bucket. This is the bucket, or sometimes buckets, where the annuity will go. Why do we put the annuity or annuities in the second bucket? because we're assuming any growth we might have would be in the Charles Schwab bucket. The annuity, fixed annuities, fixed indexed annuities, fixed interest annuities, are meant for protection and most importantly, their goal is to help you not run out of money. You see, an annuity is the only contractually guaranteed investment that can do this. Wall Street products can't do that, and neither can the products that we place with Charles Schwab. Only annuities issued by insurance companies can provide guaranteed income, you can never outlive something I call mailbox money. So, if you are a saver, someone who is more concerned with the return of your money than on it, maybe you have a 401k at a previous employer. You might be over the age of 59 and a half and didn't realize you could even roll your 401k over to someone like us. Maybe you're just ready to use and enjoy this money that you've worked all your life to accumulate. If that's you, Let's Talk. All you got to do is log on right now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and click on that Let's Get Started button. We can either meet in person or we can take advantage of something that's absolutely free. We call it the free 10-minute fiduciary phone call, whereby you can talk to myself or one of our other well-trained fiduciaries to first find out what it is you have going on and how we might be able to help you. So take advantage of that now, log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and let's get started. Welcome back to The Worry-Free Retirement. We're talking about the uh, philosophy I'm beginning to live by more and more, none of this is real. I'll tell you where all this really got started big time, Aaron. You you wanna know when I started looking around and going, none of this is real? When? Mm -hmm. Right when this pandemic hit. And I'll tell you, I'll I'll probably remember it forever. I had another none of this real is real moment when I was sitting in a Bob Evans and at nine eleven when my wife called me on my cell and said, Tony, is somebody flew in or flew into a plane to build you know, nine eleven. I thought, mm-hmm. This is weird. It didn't seem real. The none of this is real moment for me during the pandemic. I think you'll remember we were heading over to do a workshop. That's we right. had sixty something people scheduled to come. I haven't had a workshop since. We haven't needed them, thank goodness. But and on the radio at five o'clock, they said You have to limit your attendance to 10 people. Remember that? Well, we had. Well, of course, nobody showed up. Then we had one in E Town the next night. Well, we had to cancel that. And all of a sudden, I saw the government cracking down and canceling and shutting down stuff. And I looked around and I thought, no, this is real. This is. So now we fast forward as we record this show in March of 2021. So my none of this is real moment, I guess, came to me. Uh, 9 11 came to me last March. And it comes to me now as I look at most of these savers I meet with, hundreds and hundreds every year, who really, really think that this money one day is gonna be worth more and more. And yeah, on paper it probably will, but there's all kinds of issues we've talked about. We talked about the headwinds, and then finally, the last issue I wanna talk about, Aaron, and it's a Tony in the trenches. question is, why Wall Street doesn't like these annuities? So let me, in the essence of time, I had a client, a prospective client call me, watches the show all the time, said they love the show, they like this concept of the split IRA, and they said, Tony, do you mind me sharing something that one of uh, an advisor that I was talking to said about you? And I said, well, no, it doesn't bother me, what did they say? And he said, well, I've been shopping around, this advisor I've got a little business with, and I asked the advisor, you know, or told the advisor, I'm going to talk to some other people, and the advisor said, well, who? And your name came up, and the advisor immediately said, well, I would stay away from him. And I said, well, did he or she say why? And he said, well, I asked him. And they said, because he sells a lot of annuities and those annuities can penalize you as much as 20%. And folks, I don't even know what that even means. Let's, let's explain something here. There's two reasons that I've found that a lot of advisors do not like annuities. If you Googled annuities right now, you're gonna see a lot of unfavorable messages about them, but you gotta understand something, folks annuities are probably the oldest financial tool around. They're, they're what pensions are built around. So an annuity is just a concept or a contract that allows somebody to get lifetime income for the rest of their life, guaranteed. What's wrong with that, Aaron? Do you Nothing. see? No. And especially savers. Savers love those. So you got to understand, folks, Wall Street is not in the saving business. They are not in the world of guarantees. And that's fine, but they're more in the world of growth and dividends and risk and uncertainty. That's just what, and we represent products with Wall Street too. We manage money, but we don't put all of the money there. So first of all, yeah, we do a lot of annuities. They're fixed annuities, fixed indexed annuities. uh, And we do them because a lot of saver clients want those guarantees, especially the guarantee of what I call mailbox money. So what we do, so that's one reason. Number one, Wall Street doesn't sell them uh, they don't get any recurring fees on them. It doesn't fit their model. And then secondly, and unfortunately, this is a lot of the problem. I think a live advisors, Aaron, are not trained in retirement planning. So they don't really understand why somebody would want an annuity for the guaranteed income. Because obviously, if you don't have an annuity, if you're all in the stock market, you could eventually run out of money. So, folks, here's what I would suggest doing right now. If you're sitting there saying, Tony, I just, I don't really know what to do with my money. I'm getting ready to retire. I got this 401k. I got money languishing in the bank. And to be honest, I just don't feel like I can trust anybody with it. So, what I would like to do, Tony, is meet with you in person. Again, there's no cost or obligation to do so. All you got to do is log on to tonywalkerfinancial.com or you can give us a call, 877 9255 877 walk and just tell the office you'd like to speak to me by phone. We can have a free phone call, and if it warrants, we can meet in either our Bowling Green, Louisville, or Lexington, Kentucky offices. Do it now. Log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, and remember, while none of this is real, you can take action to improve your finances today, so do it now. You've been listening to The Worry-Free Retirement, and until next week, you remember, if all else fails, you be worry-free. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do.